It's the Dogcast, episode number 206. Dogs win 20 to 17. And really, a W is a W. Alright, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number 206. This is the Georgia-Arizona State post-game show, where we break down for you everything that happened during the 40-year flood Saturday night between the hedges. Old dog, let's give out, first right off the bat, I want to give a big round of applause to the fans who actually showed up. Yeah. Because, as you said yourself, that, sh- that game... That was like the 19, what did you say, 81 UCLA game or something? I think, I, and I really cannot remember for sure when Some the damn UCLA long time ago was. game when it, it rained so a whole lot. And, and I'm old and I've got damn, you know, plaque in my brain and <laughs> everything else. But it was, that was the worst, that was the worst rain I've ever seen. And this one just about equaled it. Rain was coming down the stairs like a waterfall. I mean, yeah. really. And us being on uh, row 10, we're at the bottom of the waterfall where it was uh, seemed to be just pooling up down there, you know? There's no doubt about it. But, uh, yeah, it was a uh, there was a lot of rain, and that really affected the field. I think turf conditions, ball conditions, you know, it was it was tough on both sides, of both both teams, you know. It was a, it was a really rainy game. The rain let up, but uh, the weather but was definitely never... a factor. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't a huge thing. But, I mean, I just wanted to talk about the weather. Now, old dog, a win is a win. Let's talk about the positives. We won, and we have A.J. Green. We won, and we have A.J. Green, the best receiver in football. What The receiver who some people say is going to go down is the second best player ever to wear the red and black of all time. Have you heard that? Uh, certainly, and, and I would... At this point in time, I might say that is a fact or certainly would be in the running on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, he's definitely in the running. Um, You know, and I mean, and believe it or not, I did not see uh, Frankie Sinkwich or Charlie Trippi play. Yes. So I really don't know. But I'll tell you, uh, he's the next best thing to Herschel there is. Well, I also want to get right off the bat here because I know a lot of people are expecting us to bring the heat on this show. And I want to express how serious I am about the fact that a win is a win. Before we get to the negative stuff, look, if you don't believe that a win is a win and you're not damn happy about it, if you don't really believe, because a lot of people say, yeah, win's a win, but this, but that, but this, but that. Look, you ask number four, Mississippi. Number five, Penn State. Number six, Cal. Ask number seven, LSU, who's six inches away from not being number seven anymore. Ask number nine, Miami. Number 18, FSU. Number 22, North Carolina. Number 24, Washington. We had eight teams in the top 25 that would be plenty damn happy with a W to complain about. So I want everybody to come in off the ledge... Uh, really 
internalize the fact that a W is a W. Because, by God, we're three and one. I know we look like a schizophrenic bunch of uncoached damn monkeys out there, but three and one is three and one, baby. And that's in the books, and nobody can take that away from us. So I'm and happy. before we get a bunch of emails, it was 83 on the UCLA game. What? It was 1983 on the UCLA game. Oh, okay, good, good. I'm glad to see you're working back there. Absolutely. You know, constantly. Now, now the good news is about this team, one thing I also want to say, this team does not, I do not think, has not one damn ounce of quit in it. One thing we've learned about this team, and we haven't learned a lot, we don't know what we've got on offense other than A.J. We don't know what we got on defense, but we do know these guys are not rolling over. If you remember, old dog, there's been times since we started doing this podcast when the defense used to come out and say things like, well, we just didn't want it bad enough and stuff like that. This team is not those teams. We've got plenty of problems, but being a bunch of quitters is not one of them. No, you're, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say something else. This may be the best bunch of dancers we've had in a long time. <laughs> see, see, you just had to go there, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we love to dance. It, you want to go ahead and pull the Vandy card out of your pocket right now? Well, and I'm not, and I'm not just, yeah, I mean, you know, no, no, I'm going to save that a little bit later. But we really do need to not worry so much about what kind of dance we're going to do between the third and fourth quarter. You know, I mean, to quote Brian Evans, a lot of times we get lackadaisical out there. We're not real sure what plays being called or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, Brian Evans knows what damn dance move he's going to do, you know, between the third and fourth quarter when they play the music. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, call me old-fashioned. Call me a humbug, but, uh, you know, when you're only beating Arizona State by three points, we've really got no damn business dancing. Well, and, and we've got no business running out on the field and celebrating like we just won a national championship either. I mean, it was a good game. It was a close game. I'm glad we won. Uh, you know, kids are kids, but it reminded me two years ago of Vandy, too, where, you know, I mean, we're Georgia – they're Arizona State. Well, yeah, and, you know, that's one thing I wanted to get to later. But, yeah, most people had us prob- were picking us to be 3-1 and one at this point in the season. You know, a lot of people had us at 3-1. and one. You know, the bottom line is we beat ASU, and beating ASU really shouldn't be as damn big a deal as it turned out to be. And dancing on the G like we did after the Vandy game is, uh, you know, is not something I'm real crazy about seeing either. But... You know, it's a good news, bad news thing, old dog. I mean, if you remember when we danced on the V, which, by the way, involved a 37-yard game-winning field goal by Brandon Cantu, just like this game involved a 37-yard game-winning field goal by Walsh, you remember two weeks after we danced on the V in Vanderbilt, we went to Jacksonville and danced in the end zone. Do you remember that? I, I, I do. So let me, as much as I don't like to see our team dancing after a big win over Arizona State, I do like, I mean, you know, hell, if it leads to a damn dancing in the end zone at Jacksonville, I'll take it. 
Well, and, and I tell you what, if we score seven points against Florida this year, <laughs> I'll be dancing myself. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. But let's talk about the game, man. Let's talk about the game. Um, we uh, Let me just say, A.J. Green, I don't know if he's going to be the second-best player in the UGA football history, period, but I can tell you unequivocally that he is the best receiver that has ever played and that includes guys like Heinz Ward. He is the best all-around receiver. His routes, his hands, his physical breakaway speed, the way he plays, the way he blocks, the way he, he blocks downfield, the way he's willing to participate on special teams. He does it all. Did you see his quote after the game, Old Dog, where he said his best play of his career was that field goal block? It was better than any catch he'd ever made? That's the mark of a team player, a guy who's willing to do whatever it takes to win. Exactly. I mean, you know, hats off to him, and, and like I say, just, you know, thank heavens that we've got A.J. Green or that 3-1, and one, well, could be 1-3 and three or 0-4. Oh Man, you're not kidding, brother. I'm telling you what. The kid, and, you know, they took a touchdown away from him. And there's nobody in America that thinks his daggum right toe wasn't down before his left toe touched the thing. Give me a break. No, and I'll tell you what, if I had not seen – highlights of the Vanderbilt-Rice game and saw that Penn Wages was doing that game, I would have sworn that he was down there on the field. I'm telling you, man, we got ripped. We got ripped on that call, you know. But, I mean, you know, we still, like I said, a win's a win. But um, let's talk a little bit more about the offense, old dog. What did you think? What are your thoughts about Joe Cox and his um, – well, what I do you think about you, Joe Cox's game? There's there, – <laughs> There ain't no in between for Joe Cox, is there? He's record. He is checkers. either he is either on fire and can't miss, <laughs> or he is just stinking the place up. Although he really didn't stink. No, I can't say that on this game. He made he made a few bad throws that you could possibly chalk up to the weather. Uh, you know, it's hard to grip the ball in the rain, get the right speed on it. But he, without a doubt, just on the inter- the two interceptions. Same play. He just, I, I, he just wasn't thinking. Mm-hmm. He, I guess, he might have plaque on his brain like the old dog does. Well, you know, it's a, it's a similar thing that we that I complained about early in the season about him putting the ball into jeopardy. I mean, it was the same play, but um, you know, he threw a couple of picks, and I, you know, he just sometimes, you know, what my dad would say. Here's how my dad would sum it up: His damn arm is writing checks that his ass can't back up. I mean, I think sometimes he thinks he can make a throw that he just can't make. And the defenders are getting there, and uh, he thinks, I can get it there, and it just doesn't get there. Well, and not only that, but in this situation, too, if you, you know, look at the game film, which, you know, I know you don't study it like I do, where I just pour over game film. Yes. Day after day. You you are the technician. If, If he had checked down on that second interception, Orson Charles was wide open. Or oh, I, I know. Might have been Aaron White, and he I did think it say was Aaron that. White. He knew that, and I mean, uh, you know, uh, Cox you know, has already said in his own film study on Sunday he saw that and knows that he blew it. You know. Well, maybe I pointed that out to him. We just don't know how that film study goes. Right. I know exactly. <laughs> Um, but, you know, he did put the ball in jeopardy. He had two picks, and really, I think he could have had four, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, what about also, I want to talk but, about. Well, you know, and just off, I mean, it was a, basically a pretty dismal showing mm-hmm. for the offense all around. Uh, no run game. Although, although I will say this, uh, and again, quick chance to clear up our view on Caleb King. 
right now of our two apparently starting running backs, because as we predicted, Carlton Thomas is persona non grata. We may never see him again. It looks like Caleb King is probably the better runner instead of Richard Samuel, and we never really had anything against Caleb King other than the fact of all this hype. Yeah, that he's in. never actually done anything. And you know? and I still don't and I still don't think he's ever going to live up to his hype. Uh, we've got two at best adequate running backs. Right. Uh, we ain't got a no Sean Moreno. Uh, we don't have you know. You name all the great running backs that have come through. Garrison yeah. Hurst, Robert Edwards. I mean, Thomas these Davis. boys aren't. Yeah, yeah, these boys aren't in that category. Rodney. Yeah. Well, I agree, but I do, and I, you know, it's a big reversal for the dog cast. But I do agree. Right now, it looks like Caleb King should be the feature back, um, because you know they. But I'm, but I'm telling you this, I don't care if Ben Jones backed up and tickled Caleb King or, or hit him in the head or whatever. You, you, we just can't fumble. No, we we've got we have got to stop the turnovers. We yeah. are minus nine turnovers on the season. We cannot continue. And I know we've had emails from guys, and I like to think stats are for losers. Stats are for losers. But I'm telling you, this damn turnover margin is a stat that's going to turn us into a loser if we don't get it under control real quick. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And you know, along those same lines, goes through the running game, man. What has happened to the offensive line? I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, they did in their defense. They are switching around. We've got you know guys playing different positions every week. Hopefully, we've set on who's going to be playing where, and hopefully they're going to get better in jail. They did a pretty good job on pass protection. Uh, I just going from memory. I don't think Cox was sacked at all, and. There were a couple times he had to run out of the pocket, but overall I thought they did a pretty good job on pass protection. But, boy, did they suck on blocking for the run. We're not getting any push on run, and not just that, old dog. What is with the damn penalties? Oh, man. I The false starts, and the false starts, and then another false start, you know? I mean, two in a row. I just (laughs) I don't know. You know, I mean, what is And that what doesn't have anything to do on? with changing positions. And look, no. we're, everybody in America knows that we're big fans of Stacey Searles. He's a friend of the show. He's a personal friend. You know, and I'm not going to say anything bad about Stacey Searles because I don't – I think Stacey no, Searles is a great offensive line coach. Yeah, and he whipped my ass. But Stacey Searles is a great offensive line coach. So, I mean, I'm telling you, that it ain't, it ain't that those kids aren't being coached. I don't know what the problem is, but we have got to get it under control. You know, and, and the thing in this game – you know, it looked like damn Arizona State knew our snap count better than our offensive line did. I do not know why we are so slow off the ball. I don't know why we're jumping off sides. I don't and it's know why. Not, and that problem is not just this one game. I mean, I know. that has been a constant throughout, and it, and it goes back. Well, we'll cover that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, again, the receivers, A.J., uh, Wooten got a couple big catches. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike Moore, they're all contributing. Uh, Travars King, they're all tr- contributing out there. When they're not catching a the ball, they're blocking. Uh, 
you know, receiver core looks good, and it probably was a good switch putting Tony Ball back there as the receivers coach. I, I agree. I mean, I tell you, I was really glad to see Wooten get out there. He made a couple clutch plays on third and long, and, that, man, that's clutch for a freshman. I like to see an 18-year-old get that kind of experience yeah. early on. I'll tell you another freshman I was glad to see, too. Kari Rambo making some great plays as a freshman. I, I tell you, and, you know, i got a quote here that you're just going to love. How about Coach Willie Martinez saying after the game, talking about Bakari Rambo, playing Rambo versus playing Brian Evans. He said, yeah, Bakari Rambo played a really good game. Maybe I should have been playing him more this season. You know. He wins the Captain Obvious Award of the Week. Thanks, well, Coach. You know, and, and to quote to quote one of the great Georgia defenders, Boss Bailey, that Willie just really doesn't have a clue, does he? <laughs> I'm telling you. The only thing that would be better is for Coach Fabris to come out next week and say, you know what, maybe that deep kick thing is working. I don't well, know. You know what I'm thinking Coach Fabris might tell Willie is I like the challenge of playing Brian Evans. Yeah, I like to challenge the other ten defenders by putting Brian Evans back there because they know that they have no safety coverage over top. So, you know, oh. thanks for giving the defense. Thanks for taking the challenge of the, the weight of having to carry Brian Evans. Thanks for taking that off the defense for him, Coach Willie Martinez. Um, so, Bakari Rambo, Rontavius Wooten having great games as freshmen. I tell you, I'm glad to see those young guys coming in and playing and contributing. Yeah. Um. You know, you know one one quick thing too. When we're talking about play calling and stuff, I was all for going forward on fourth and one. We should have. And I'll tell you what: if the University of Georgia cannot make one yard against Arizona State, then they've got no business being out there on the field on a Saturday we, night in Athens. Yeah, and and we didn't. But there was certainly. I'm not going to second guess. That was the absolute right call to try to go for it on fourth and one, and who in their right mind would have thought that we would miss it? Yeah. And well, again, that just goes back to the to the offensive line woes that we're having, and let's hope we're going to correct those this week. Well, one more point on offense that I want to make, too, that I, you know, to me it sounds seems completely obvious. This whole idea of putting Logan Gray in for one damn play yeah. where he runs this wild dog formation thing, is there anyone – was there anyone in our zip code that didn't know what was going to happen on that play? You put him in for one play, and then you take him right back out? Yeah, and Come it, it's on. an embarrassment to him. It's an embarrassment to him? It's an embarrassment to Mike Bobo? Come on. That is a stupid play. It's a waste of a down. It is about as tricky and is about as sly and suave play calling as something I do with Degum six-year-old flag kids, you know? Or, or the end around to Brandon Smith. Yeah, come on. Come on. I mean, that is stupid. But, I mean, you know, but I'll tell you, on the other end of the spectrum... Putting AJ Green in on kick on field goal blocking unit, that that's stroke of genius. That shows real creativity, real like vision and thinking and being in the game and trying to make a play by the coaching staff. That's a great idea. Yeah. I can't believe the same damn coaching staff that can think to put AJ in to block a field goal thinks putting Logan Gray in for one play of direct snap and then taking him right back out is a good idea, you know? Yeah, different different coaches coaching different positions. Ah, it just makes me mad. It makes me mad. But anyway, let's talk about the defense a little bit too. All right. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people want to drag the defense. And um honestly, 
you know, we did, there were some good and some bad, and we only gave up 204 yards total offense. Yeah. And the other good thing was, you know, if you take away the two touchdowns they got off of turnovers, which is directly, I mean, we've talked about how the offense has put the defense in a bad position. You take away those 14 points, the defense only held them to three real points during the whole game. Well, yes and no. I mean, you know, certainly the one pick that was run back, the defense had absolutely nothing to do with it. And I will totally say the defense was put in a bad position on the other pick, but again, it sure would have been nice to have held them to a uh, field goal. True. There's no doubt about that. But I do agree with you. You can pretty much contribute 14 of the 17 points that ASU scored to the turnovers that the uh, offense had. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else, too. This is probably the most encouraging thing I've seen out of the Willie Martinez era. Drum roll. I think we made adjustments to stop the run in the middle of the game. Is it just me, old dog, or were we getting slashed by this running back early in the game, and then we tightened up against the run? Well, we did. And, you know, I mean, just to throw out a few stats, even though they are four losers, uh, definitely the best defensive showing we've had. We held them to 3.4 yards per play. That, taking a look at it, it was 7.7 yards per play against Arkansas. 5.1 against South Carolina, and probably the biggest stat of all is when it came down to crunch time, we held ASU to negative 11 yards in the fourth quarter. Absolutely, which is not the first time this season we've done that. No, And and I mean, we have, you know, seriously, all year long, we have really kind of stood up in the fourth quarter. Uh you know, sometimes yeah, we absolutely had to. Yeah, it's, Again, you it's know, pretty much always been because we had to. No one loves, you know, no one wants to see another team put up 30 and 40 points against you, but at least we're putting up more than they are. Yeah. But it was good to see the defense kind of gel a little bit. Um, you know, we got better. Houston seems to be a big factor in our defense now. We're, we are getting some pressure. We had quarterback. Yeah, I agree. We even though we only had one sack this game, we did have consistent pressure, and I really like the creativity on the blitz packages too. We we seem to want to blitz and bring more pressure, and I think that's a good thing, you know. But I mean, we did give up 100 yards rushing to single player. A guy set a career record for himself, which is you know the hey, second week in a row we've had a career you know, game. I, I'll tell out you of an, what though, if we can hold a team to 204 yards total offense. If one player gets 100 of them, and really the defense holds the other team to three points, mm-hmm. let the guy run for 100. Okay. I'm with you on that. I do I do not like being used as a, as a career stepping stone no, for offensive but, players. I mean, but I'll tell you what. Well, but probably better than that than a quarterback having a career day yeah. where he's you know throwing for five yards. or six touchdowns. Because <laughs> yeah. if I remember right, this kid only made one touchdown. Yes, he did. You're right. You're right. But I did want to get that in there. And that was when we handed him the ball at the 20. But, you, you know, know so. such a schizophrenic team we have, man. I mean, one week the offense outrun, you know, saves the defense's butt by putting up a million points. The next week, the offense damn tries to give the dang game away through turnovers, and our defense comes through and saves our bacon. Well, you know, and we said it before, it's going to be like that all year long, I think. Uh, nothing's going to come easy. And well, you're we're right. going to be in for a lot of shootouts. A uh, couple other quick things. 
uh, I thought that our kick coverage, when we kicked it deep, was actually getting better. I agree. I uh, agree. When we kicked it properly, yeah. the kick coverage was better. You know, we opened up the game, you know, where we kicked that nice high little kick to the to the 20, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the guy returned to 12 yards, and mm-hmm. it really seems they get at least 12 to 15 to 20 yards per return no matter where we kick it. So, hell, let's kick it as deep as we can. No kidding. Yeah, and like you said, we uh, we talked about having a schizophrenic team with the turnovers and the penalties and the offensive line that shows up and that they don't show up. Here's one thing I know for sure. Our margin for error is going away real quick. I mean, yeah. the way this team is playing, this team has enough talent to win every game on the rest of our schedule, except maybe for one, you know? We have enough talent to win every game we have left. But I'm telling you, we also make enough mistakes, we could lose damn near every one of them also. No doubt about that. And speaking of mistakes, I got a bang on your boy, Prince Miller. Come on now. If, I mean, he he could have had an interception. I guess he didn't want to get his uniform dirty. <laughs> he, he, again, does not, he, he is just totally unaware on when he goes back there to get a punt. I mean, same knock we had on him last year. Again, he does it this year. Man, when you cross the 10-yard line, wave your hand for a fair catch and get the hell out of the way. What in the world are you doing catching it on the 5-yard line? That's just absolute lunacy. And then the next punt, it could have been the weather, but damn near bobbles it. Thank heavens he, he scooped it back up. And and got it in, but but I told you, you know, I leaned over to you at the game, and I said, if Prince Miller's back there again to return a punt, I'm going to slit my wrist. But just to be clear, the catch that he made on the five, where did he end up? The ten. No, he didn't. He ran almost to the twenty. He was right, back, almost. He, and, it was and, like the nineteen. And where would the ball? And where would the ball have been if he had let it go into the end zone? On the twenty without risk of anything. Well, you know what? He made it back to the 20. And the one that he almost bobbled, he didn't bobble it. I mean, you're like, he, he did almost... He yeah, but hit his shoulder pad and jumped up about a foot in the air. I understand that. But did he handle it or did he handle it? He caught it. Okay, now. I just on want to be second, on the record. I mean, you got your... You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about almost mistakes. We got enough damn actual mistakes to now, talk about. They complain about the ball, almost mistakes. Catching the ball on the five was a mistake. If he catches on the five and takes it to the and house, you're going to be like, man, I love me some no, Prince Miller. No, and that's why Logan Gray was in for the next two punt <laughs> returns. Dog fans, that's going to wrap up the ASU post-game coverage. There's not much more to say than we look like a undisciplined, uncoached bunch of monkeys, but we're hoping to get better every week. A win's a win, and it's a lot better than eight other teams in the top 25 did this week. Yeah, and I and- hope... That and we, we realize. are excellent, and one thing we did prove, we are excellent dancers. And we are real good dancers after a Before, big win. during, and after the game. Whew. Hey, a win's a win, dog fans. A win is a win, and that is the truth. 3-0 and o dogs take on what? 3-1. The 3-1 and the one. Three, the three and one dogs take on the 4-0 and o, uh, LSU. Fourth-ranked fourth Bayou Bengals. We are a favorite in that game. Uh, coming up for the pregame show, we will have 
a special guest from the uh, the podcast media world of uh, the Go Show. The guys that do the LSU podcast are going to come on and give us their thoughts about the LSU and the Georgia game. And we may even have a special guest, uh, Burt Jones, former UGA player and professional radio personality, along with myself and Old Dog. We will be talking to him about his thoughts. Because, you know, he used to play for Willie Martinez, didn't he? He did, yeah. And he yeah, has a really in, unique perspective about Willie back Martinez. In the day. And, uh, you know, he was he was part of the trio that just absolutely used to rule the Alexander Stevens Network. Yes, exactly. So the Alexander Stevens Network is signing off. Thanks for listening to the Dogcast. We'll be back Wednesday night with the pregame show, LSU Georgia game at 3.30 on CBS. You can give us a call on 706-534-1516 or email us at dogcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for buying a bunch of shirts. I think we have like three extra larges left. If you want a shirt, I mean, I've sent shirts to Hawaii. I've sent shirts to Arizona, Australia, Canada. We are sending shirts to Brazil, Germany. We've got shirts going everywhere, old dog. And I appreciate all of you supporting the show. And um, thanks a lot. Click the PayPal button. Give us 15 bucks. I'll send you a shirt. So thanks for listening. Old dog, take us out of here. Man, that's it. Uh, big game against LSU. First or second big SEC foe. I mean, this is what it's all about. It's time to hunker down and let's start playing Georgia football. Go dogs. Podcast here from Athens. I think you guys already know. I'm just going to state the obvious. A, A.J. Green. Single hand won that game for us. B, if we turn the ball over three times against LSU, we're absolutely going to lose. Um, aside from those two, Glory and Fest, I'm sure you guys will go. do a great job covering. The thing I want to say is, aside from the fumble, some of the drop screens, Caleb King is far, far better than Richard Samuel. We, you guys got to get off the Richard Samuel bandwagon. You got to you know, jump over to my side of the, of, of the of the road and get on the Caleb King bandwagon. He he actually changes direction when he runs instead of just running straight and fast and falling down. Samuel's good, but you know what he does. But it's, it's he's not a good running back. Caleb King is. He, he, you guys got to change position on that one. I'm sorry. I know you guys don't like the hype or whatever, but. Caleb King's gonna be he's gonna he's gonna help us win games. Richard Singles not. But anyways, look forward to hearing from you guys have to have to say and uh go dogs. Derek and old dog, this is Brandon out of Nashville. Wow, I'm talking about super exciting game, a little bit too close for me, y'all. Uh, I don't know how many more of these uh heart attack games I can take, man, but uh, I'm telling you we're getting things put together a little bit better. We just need to get a little bit more consistent on the offensive end and defense. Uh, we need a whole lot of help, man. I'm telling you, either Willie needs to get to packing or he better game plan a little bit better. But uh, it's a great game. I'm looking forward to seeing what we got in the weeks to come. And you guys keep doing what you're doing. Go dogs. This is Dogcast Tactical Support sitting in his warm living room just outside of Washington, D.C. Actually, I think I'm going to change my name. I want to become the president of the Fire Willie Martinez fan club. And then we'd either teach uh, Bobo how to call offenses and to stop getting conservative at the wrong time, or I'm going to become president of the Fire Bobo fan club. Either way, it was still a very ugly win. We keep this up. I'm going to need lithium to get through this season. Dogcast tactical support.
president of the Fire Willie Martinez fan club. Actually, if you recall, I've been saying Fire Willie Martinez for the last three years, but you know, who listens to me? Signing out from D.C. Bye. Boys, this is Andy, your friend in Chicago, otherwise known as G-Daddy. And this comment is for Old Dog. I heard that remark you made before the game. All the dogs got to do is show up. And you know what? You've done that before, and I've called you on it, and you keep doing it. That's just just not good. And you see what happened, you know? So here's what's going to happen now. You've been all over Willie Martinez, and we know that you can't stand him. So you got to atone, though, for these casual remarks about the dogs just having to show up, okay? So here's what needs to happen, all right? I need you to get on the next show, and I need you to atone for your weakness, atone for all your mistakes, and here's how you do it. Ten times the dog version of a Hail Mary. I love me some Willie. Old dog, I want to hear you say it ten times. Love me some Willie. I'll be listening. Hey, Derek and Old Dog, this is Joshua down in PC again. Um, wow, another another close one. But, you know, as in the words of our illustrious coach, a W's a W, so I'll take it over a loss any day. Um, very lethargic playing. Um, maybe the weather was a factor, but hell, both teams had to play in the same weather. Um, offense is very predictable today. Man, I don't know what happened uh, versus uh, the previous two games, but very, very predictable. Um, but I just wanted to comment on one person in particular. I'm waiting on the A.J. Green Kool-Aid because I haven't heard about it. But A.J. Green, wow, he is the most exciting player that Georgia has seen in a long, long time. I challenge both of y'all to name me a player in the past 10 years, hell, even 15 years, that is better than A.J. Green, not equal, but better than A.J. Green. That kid, that kid blocks. He lays people out on blocks. He blocks field goals, and he and he catches the damn ball when he's supposed to. He got robbed on a touchdown catch, but other than that, that boy can freaking fly, can freaking play. He's lights out, and I'm so thankful that we got him. And uh, just just wanted to you know give our props to our boys. They they played tough, they played hard, but hey man, W's a W. Uh, as always, go dogs. Hey guys, it's uh, John from Powder Springs. I uh, gotta tell you, I think you might be losing your touch. Uh, I listened to the podcast and I did not hear one reference to the OBC calling OBPs on a big Thursday night game. Uh, yeah, I know that uh, South Carolina beat Ole Miss, but I tell you what, I'd rather beat Arkansas on a Saturday night than Ole Miss on a Thursday night. Uh, I love the podcast. Keep it up, guys. And let's keep listening. Dogcast, this is Hayden from Tacoa. We just won. God, that, that is one of the most stressful games ever. That was retorted. Mike Bobo is absolutely terrible play caller. I think he needs to go right after we fire Martinez's ass. We gotta get both of them out of here. We can't. We can't do that buddy buddy shit no more. They gotta go. Let let Mark Rick call the plays. He did good at that for a while, didn't he? I I think he did pretty good. Let's just do that. 
And, hell, I'll be the defensive coordinator for free. I will. I do a hell of a lot better job, too. I will. A.J. Green is the man. A.J. Green for Heisman right there, baby. Right there. Um, We got a hell of a lot of stuff to work on. I don't know what we're going to do, but, you know, all I got to say is, you know, I don't really know what I got to say. I guess that's it, though. Bye. (laughs) 